Welcome to Talent Management Truths. I'm your host, Lisa Mitchell. I'm a talent management thought partner and results coach, wife, and mom. Talent management leaders are hungry to learn from their peers and want to hear about real-life talent initiatives. This podcast is for and by talent management leaders. My guests and I dig into successes, challenges, and lessons learned from a very practical, not theoretical point of view. You'll discover important insights about how to elevate your confidence and amplify your influence in a role known for being caught in the organizational middle. I'm thrilled to have you listening. So let's get going and hear the truth about talent management today. So what makes an employee experience memorable and meaningful? A sense of belonging is at the heart of it. In this discussion, my guest walks us through the five components of the belonging model that they leverage in her organization. Listen in for reflections on how belonging and being heard drive employee success. My guest is Christy Jones. Christy's a dedicated, collaborative HR professional with a really long track record of achieving business results. She's currently working at Achiever Solutions as the Senior Director of Employee Success. There, she leads a global team of HR professionals who are focused on scaling the business globally. Christy holds a Bachelor of Commerce and has the CHRL designation and Strategic HR Business Partner as well. She and I have been working together in the Talent Trust for several months now, and I am constantly in awe of her work ethic and how authentically she shows up. I know you'll enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, and welcome back to Talent Management Truths. I'm your host, Lisa Mitchell, and today I'm joined by Christy Jones. Christy is currently Senior Director of Employee Success at Achievers. She's also a valued client, and I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Welcome, Christy. Thanks so much, Lisa. Excited to be here. So let's begin. Just we'd love to learn a little bit about your your background, your journey. You started out with a Bachelor of Commerce and now here you are leading HR at Achievers Employee Success. So tell us a little bit about how you got there. Yeah. So in university, starting out, honestly, I was one of those students that I knew I wanted to be in business, but really wasn't sure what my major or where I was going to focus. I went in primarily thinking that I wanted to follow my parents into the financial sector. So I was taking the Canadian security courses and I was focusing on finance courses. And one of the electives that I took in first year university was, of course, the HR management kind of intro course. And, you know, I think for the most part, it was the professor that really piqued my interest in this space and, you know, kind of fell in love with some of the practices and really what HR was responsible for at the time. How, how did he pique your interest? I would say just, you know, first year, it was really about focusing on the people. And I, you know, slowly started to realize that I'm more of a people person than sitting behind a computer and staring at spreadsheets all day. Right. So the, the, it clicked and I would say for the rest, the rest of the four years at, at university, I did spend five years at university. It was primarily all focused around the HR courses that I needed to come out with a major in, in HR. And really right out of the gate, I think like 
most or some HR professionals starting out, it's how do you get in? And for some, they get in through talent acquisition. For me, it was payroll. So I joined an organization that needed some payroll support and I had picked up some experience through co-ops that I had done in summer work terms. And, you know, payroll was, was not where I knew I wanted to be, but I, I figured this was my way in and my opportunity to really expand my responsibilities and stretch myself into starting out as an HR generalist. So interesting. Yeah, because, you know, you, you just, you caught my, my, my ear, if you will, when you just talked about co-ops and, and summer work terms, how you picked up some experience. Like, I think it's kind of, you know, near and dear to my heart right now because my son just started with his first ever real paying job this week, like two days ago. And it's just a summer job for 10 days filing at my friend's company. Yeah, but it's real. Like there's somewhere. An, there's, he's, he's 16 years old, and it's you know there's an employment contract and a you know payroll and all this kind of good stuff, and he he loves it. He you know it's real experience. So all those efficiencies, you know, he's he's filing and doing stuff on spreadsheets. Whenever I try to help him be more efficient, he fights me on it. But there, he's got all these very kind people, as he says, you know, saying, hey, what if you did it this way? And he loves it. And he's learning so much. I can see it. He's just so excited, feeling so productive. So, you know, just to go down a little tangent here, the fact that you did co-ops and summer work terms, I think that's a critical part of learning. What, what kinds of co-ops did you do? Like, how did they contribute to your overall decision to really step, stay with HR once you got out of school? Yeah. So I would say my my first kind of work term that I did in HR space did start out with actually manpower recruitment firm. And I was there primarily just screening resumes and looking at really helping find the key skills. You know, back then we didn't have the technology that we have today to be able to scan the resumes and understand really what were those key skills we were looking for. So that kind of peeked me into, into the world of recruitment, realized as much as I enjoy talking to candidates, I could see myself doing that all day, every day. I truly am one of those individuals that likes to have my hands in a little bit of everything and have a bigger view to the bigger picture of what's happening which is why I primarily fell into that generalist role and had an opportunity to touch so many different facets of HR from health and safety right up until, you know, a little bit of, of comp work and profiling of employees. So, wow. Yeah. So, so it's really run the gamut. I have to say, you know, I've done all of the things in the HR world except comp. I have not touched that. I have great admiration for people that do it, but that's never been something in 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 my realm for sure. So, so at your role, in your role rather, at Achievers, and I love the title by the way. I'm not sure if you were you were responsible for that or if they posted it as employee success. Yeah, what does it entail? That is their domain. I mean, it was there long before before I joined, and you know, being an HR software tech. It's really about our focus is how do we make the employee successful and able to do the best work of their lives, right? So it, it really fits to what our, or what my department is primarily charged with, which from the most part, it is responsibility of all of the HR programs. So the business partners fall under me, 
the HR generalists. And recently I've acquired payroll and benefits under my responsibility. So pretty much everything other than talent acquisition and, you know, some segments of the HR operations role. And it's so funny because you were just saying, here you started in talent acquisition and now it's <laughs> completely separate from it's your current role. It's completely separate. You know, I obviously, of course, partner with my talent acquisition team to support, but, you know, they, they do the hard work in finding, you know, those unique A players to come and join our team. And, you know, talent acquisition is not an easy role by any means if you've ever spent some time in that space. So, you know, I commend them each and every day, especially right now with, you know, the talent market and how crazy it is today. There's a lot going on in there. We could, we could do a whole episode just on talent acquisition. One of my favorite parts of, of talent in HR and also one that has brought some of the biggest frustrations to me, I would say career-wise, you know, over, over time. But like, let's stay with Achievers here for a second. So tell us a little bit more about what Achievers does, because not everybody may, may know that's listening. Yeah. So Achievers primarily is a HR software technology company that has a platform that primarily focuses on recognition, reward, and engagement. So we primarily really focus on the recognition piece more so than the rewards piece. The reward is really nominal. It's really more about recognizing the employee for the great work that they've done. And platform that we we do have and, and sell is really powerful in a sense to be able to connect those employees, especially in the world we're in today with being so remote or hybrid. During the pandemic, it really has been the connection piece to keep up with those individuals on what is the great work that they're doing and, you know, recognizing individuals where they really have, you know, exemplified our values and have made, you know, tremendous progress in the space that they work in. So, so, okay. So it's a platform. So I just want to help people visualize. So if they're in their organization and they're saying, okay, what does this look like? So it's, it's a platform that who, who accesses it? Leaders do so that they can offer recognition through it to employees? Yeah. So the whole organization would have access to this platform. And, okay. you know, we really do push the peer recognition piece. So it really is a kind of a 360 opportunity to recognize those individuals around you. You know, of course, we, we track and have the capabilities to track, you know, our manager recognitions, you know, if they're up or down or our employee or peer-to-peer recognitions. And this is where we primarily really support our customers in how they approach recognition engagement with their, with their employees. Mm, beautiful. Okay. So, so, so much goodness in there. When you think about, you know, recognition what would you say is the most, like if you were to teach somebody about what's the most important part of recognition in an organization, what would you tell them? I'd say the most important part is really to focus in on what are those behaviors that you witness or observed that you primarily want to encourage that employee to continue with, right? You know, a recognition of a good job really doesn't leave the employee with anything tangible to to repeat and know what it is that I really did a good job about. So, you know, the more specific you can be and really hone in on what those key behaviors or attributes are, 
are really, I think, is what's going to resonate with the employee and at the same time, motivate that employee to want to do more of the same. I agree. It's all about the specifics, right? When you're, you know, it's, it's, I was, I was facilitating a course recently and we were talking about feedback and the different terms for feedback, right? Because there's, you know, I had the class kind of riff on these. So it's the positive, the negative, or a lot of them start with criticism. So there's the criticism and then constructive criticism. We talked about reframing that as, you know, criticism is thinking critically and offering feedback that can be helpful in a constructive way, which is to build up, not tear down. Anyway, it was interesting. But we also were digging into this, this idea of forcing feedback. And then there's also corrective feedback, right? So helping people get back on track. But reinforcing is really what you're talking about, right? Like being clear and specific about what are the behaviors you want people to repeat that are having the impact that we want. So when when we think about, you know, our work, I find it's it's interesting because, you know, we can list all of the different things that we do and we're responsible for. But what I'm really curious about on this show is what do you love most about the work you get to do? I mean, for me, the satisfaction in the work that I do really is about how do we make that impact for employees and really ensure that they're having a a memorable and meaningful employee experience is really what it what it comes down to. And we spend so much time within my team collaborating around how do we make this better? And, you know, listening to our, the employee voice around what is it that they want and how can we primarily come up with a program, a solution to help better that experience for our employees? I mean, Achievers really is the organization that values and listens to the employee voice. We have a number of different tools where we can activate that through our pulse survey that we do three times a year, our little alley robot, in a sense, that reaches out throughout the week to check in how you're doing, how the week is going. So there's a lot of feedback. What is it called? What? We wait, call wait, it, wait. Uh, you just talked about a as, robot. Yeah, you know, the little, I'm probably not even saying it right, Lisa, but it's the, it's the AI mechanism primarily that comes through that reaches out to ask you a simple question on really how is your, how is your week going? And, you know, depending on how you answer that, it will trigger either, you know, is this more personal related? Is this work related? And primarily it's getting at what are those messages that you want to share with your manager on what's either going well or maybe not going so well, right? So that potentially, you know, leaders have access to this. It's anonymous, but leaders have access within their team to view these comments. And oftentimes there's nuggets that are found through in this data that our employees are sharing with us that we can action primarily relatively quickly right? Where pulse surveys, we do three times a year. There's often that lag in between. So this gives our employees that opportunity to always share their feedback in that anonymous way that gets to the manager to review and potentially put a solution in place. So what's the take-up rate on that? Do people use it or or do they have the choice to opt out if it pops up? They absolutely have a choice to opt out. Through our data, we definitely see that it comes in ebbs and flows of response rates that we come back. Really, it, it really focuses on, again, 
what is it that the employee is missing from their from their experience of working at Achievers and how can we support that? Okay. So this this is fascinating because you and I and and the rest of the group in, in the Talent Trust talk a lot about the importance of reflection and intentionality. And this sort of sounds like even though they can opt out, but it's this intentional way of inviting feedback and reflection, right? Because there's follow-on questions, even though it's through a robot and it's kind of automated, it's still this idea of pause, step back, evaluate how are things going? What's what's happening? You know, if you said yes or no, like what, what what's what's driving your response? Really fascinating. Building reflection in it doesn't take that long. So when you so when the data comes in, one more question around this piece because then I want to I want to move over to another topic. But so with this, it sounds like it's kind of real time and so on. Is this HR looking at the data and then sharing it with the managers, or the managers can see sort of anything that's come in from you know their group? It's it's primarily it's simultaneously. So within the HR team that monitors and is our admin, if you will, for our platform. Where they run reports primarily to share within the HR team to zone in for the HR business partners on what potentially are some hot spots that they potentially may need to reach out to the leader of that department to coach them on. But our leaders also have access to that. So it's not so much that it is is real time, but it collects the data after a week. Of course, there needs to be at least a threshold of five responses to allow the manager to get access to that data, to hold on to, you know, that confidentiality. But from there, managers do have access to go in on a weekly basis and and look at that. I don't know too many managers that would primarily have the time to look on a daily basis. So, you know, I think feedback that's come through is, is you know, w- weekly kind of seems to be that that sweet spot to to follow up or to dive into what primarily is coming through. Well, even though it's it's not true real time, I mean, a week is a much it's a significantly lower lag time than you might have between, you know, the occasional pulse check kind of thing. So and I think that goes to what you were talking about with the idea of trying to create a memorable. I love that word memorable and meaningful employee experience. So thanks for sharing a bit about that. I, I think that's really fascinating. Let, let's talk, you and I were chatting a little bit before we hit record about a key passion area for you in your work right now. Could you share with us what that is and why it's so important? Yeah, so primarily, Lisa, we were talking about the belonging model that our Achievers Workforce Institute has primarily constructed based on scientific data and Really, what are those components that make up for an individual to have that sense of belonging, that, 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 that feeling that they belong at, at Achievers primarily or the workplace that you, you are working at? And it primarily has five different components. The first one being welcomed. And welcomed is really about how is the individual invited and included to be a part of the community. And that community could be the team, the organization. It really can be kind of broad spread across. And this is really making sure that you're focusing on 
the culture onboarding of the organization, ensuring that there are employee connections that are happening and not just through the onboarding period, but throughout their career at, at the organization. So it, it really is something that you want to look at, not just necessarily when someone starts out. It really is, does that employee feel that they are a part of the, the team throughout their employee life cycle? I just wanted to acknowledge that, that there were some key pieces in there, you know, this welcomed component. And just, just to remind the listeners, so we're talking about this belonging model. And there's some really wonderful language in here. You know, there's some organizations where they, they've got a DEIB strategy. So diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging strategy. And you've got, you know, how is the individual included and invited to be part of the community? That's that invitation is so respectful. It's not, there's no assumptions in it. It's, a, it's very much coaching language. You know, so I, I really appreciate that. Anyways, go on. So what's the second yeah, pillar? Yeah. So the second pillar is is known. And this is really, you know, where you take the opportunity to understand the individual in who they are. So, for example, you know, what perhaps are their pronouns or what are their their likes, their dislikes? Who are they truly as an individual? And as a leader, if you're taking the time to truly get to know your employee, you're building that trust, that, that level of environment where an individual primarily can bring their true self or their full self to, to work. And that's really primarily what this pillar is about is, do you really know the individual on kind of all levels on who this individual is? The third pillar then gets into being included. And this is really, you know, being accepted without any reservation, right? So it, it's somewhat kind of linked to that known, but it's also being intentional to make sure that you're including everybody within the team or the project or, you know, really being intentional about that you're not leaving anyone out primarily. Beautiful. Okay. So welcomed, known included. And then the third one or the fourth one then is supported. So this is really, are you spending the time recognizing the individual? Are you spending the time to help coach develop the individual based on not only their goals, but also their values and really where this individual is trying to, to take their career? And, you know, the role of the leader is to support that individual and helping them get there. If you look at primarily, you know, the performance management space, if you will, right, it, it kind of falls in under this pillar on, are you really doing your employees justice on how you're supporting them through that performance, that performance cycle throughout the year in ensuring that you're giving the, the feedback that we talked about earlier, Lisa, and, you know, all forms of feedback, be it, you know, constructive, positive, negative, it's, it's feedback. And it, it's really feedback is really what is going to spearhead an individual's performance. Yes. Okay. Ooh, there's so much goodness in there. Yeah. And then the last pillar is, is connected. And this is really about a leader intentionally making sure that your employees connected with those right individuals within the business. So be their key stakeholders or the subject matter experts 
right? It's really helping the individual build their network across the organization so that they primarily can be as impactful and not only impactful, but it goes back to being known and being included and being welcomed within that organization. So we truly believe that, you know, these five components of the Workforce Institute's belonging model are really the secret sauce, if you will, in, you know, allowing that employee to feel that they truly do belong at the organization that they're working at. Well, I really appreciate you walking us through those five pillars because I know there's people that probably just pulled their car over <laughs> to write write them down or they're going to come back I to them later. I hope so, right? <laughs> they, they are powerful. They truly are. And, you know, it, it's been an area that has really invigorated me over the last couple of months on trying to find ways in a sense of how do we link things back to the belonging model? So even most recently, I did a session with my leaders where I tied the belonging model into building that psychological safety. So if you look at it, primarily, if you're spending time in each of those five pillars, it ultimately is going to build that psychological safety and that environment that your employees truly feel as if they belong. Yeah, I so that's a great example of something that, you know, I call embed and thread. And that was going to be my next question was, you know, this is a model is 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 great in and of itself. It, if it's not living, you know, it's not in action, then it's not really useful. So how have you trained your leaders, supported your leaders to be able to live into this belonging model? It definitely at every opportunity we have to to speak to it, you know, through our town halls, through our our leadership series, but also, you know, being in, you know, a world where for the most part of our employees, they're speaking to HR leaders like you and I, Lisa. And, you know, it it is, you know, a model that I think a lot of individuals can relate to. So the learning and the practice from our own organization is also shared through our employees that have those frontline jobs that connect with our customers. So it, it's almost become a part of our DNA and it continues to evolve. You know, one of the projects that my team is working on right now is primarily modifying our employee value proposition around those five pillars. Right. So linking it to the employee life cycle and really, you know, what we as achievers, you know, are committing to, to really allow our employees to have that, you know, meaningful again, employee experience throughout their employee life cycle at, at achievers. And it really is, is, is fascinating at the end of the day. And it's one of those things that you know, I've had a couple of the aha moments on, you know, I get this and I see how this primarily links to almost everything that we do. Right. Yeah. So it's almost, I would, I would imagine could be quite easy to embed and thread it, right? Because I can see the passion just, just glowing off of you, right? Around this and how important it is, not only for achievers, but then it sounds like it's something that you share with clients, right? And that's, that's fundamentally about the work that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our mission really is to change the way the world works and, 
you know, we do that with every customer that we touch. And at the same time, every employee that we touch, because we hope they share their experience with their friends, family, and, and what, a, you know, a positive employee experience should feel and look like. It's pretty powerful. As a senior leader yourself with a, with a, you know, a team and a lot of, a lot of responsibility, how did, have you sort of integrated this model into your own leadership behaviors with your team? Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, it, it has really made me be much more intentional. Since I've joined Achievers, we've been primarily building the employee success team. You know, since I'm coming up on a year and, you know, in that year between my CHRO and myself, we've, we've hired 10 individuals and, you know, as we've onboarded them and invited them into the team, you know, we really have tried to be intentional around that. And, you know, for example, one of the practices I'll say that we've introduced into our weekly ES meetings is the first half of our meeting, we spend time taking the time to really get to know each other. So if that means we are playing some sort of game or some sort of trivia questionnaire, it's allowed us to really open up as individuals and get to know each other on a different level from you know, what's your favorite reality TV show and what do you really watch that you don't want anyone primarily to know about you from, you know, digging into who are the artists on our team with, you know, playing, you know, a bit of like Pictionary, if you will, on trying to figure out, you know, what each other has has drawn to pick the phrase or whatever they have. And you know, I think it's really helped kind of lighten, lighten the environment and the atmosphere to purposefully take that time each week to get to know us, right? The ES team at Achievers is a mix of hybrid individuals and fully remote individuals. So, you know, those individuals that are fully remote, those are the ones that we don't necessarily spend as much time to connect with on a personal level. So we purposefully build it into our team meeting to have that team building and, you know, ability for individuals to truly be themselves. Yeah, it's kind of this, this inviting them to cohere as a team and, and yes, to collaborate and feel, feel that sense of belonging so critical. Well, you know, we are almost out of time and I, I so many directions we could go from here. Let's let's just let me ask you a wrap up question. So, Chrissy, my last question here is, you know, given you're responsible for so many different areas of talent and HR, what's your best piece of advice, the universal truth for people listening? So great question, Lisa. I think really the most important thing that I'd leave the listeners today is to take the time to listen to the employee voice. So if that's through pulse surveys or regular check-ins, however you're doing that at your organization, I truly think that the employee voice is instrumental in how you shape your HR programs and initiatives. And there are so many different ways that you can get that information and utilize that information and of course tie that back to really what the business objectives and strategies are. 
well articulated. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time today and, and for coming on the show and sharing your, you know, the model in particular, but a, a bit about you and your experience. It's been a pleasure, Christy. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your colleagues. Better yet, head over to iTunes and let us know. When you subscribe and leave me a five-star review, not only do I glow from within, but more people will learn about the show and why they should listen. Until next time, keep telling the talent management truth.